Welcome back to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast where we talk about every episode of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters anime and also plenty of other things along the way. My name is Ellie. And my name is Jenny. And we are once again joined by our guest. I'm Kri. Hello. Welcome back. Good to have you on again. When we were talking about these episodes, I was like... I really want somebody on these episodes because they're, A, they're wild, but, like, also, B, I think it would be good to get somebody who knows, um, who, like, has knowledge of the series, because I think they're especially wild if you, like, know Yu-Gi-Oh! in general, but you're new to these specific episodes, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense, because these are bizarre. There's some weird stuff the happening. The implications. The implications. Yeah. <laughs> But before we get to the episode, um, let's take our a little detour and give our um, semi-regular updates on, you know, what have you been into lately? Do you have any books or movies or anything like that that you'd like to recommend? Anything that's been going on with you? Um, Jenny, do you want to go first? You seem like you had something. Um, yeah, just really quickly. Uh, Ellie and I have just mentioned this casually a couple times, but the official English translations of these three Chinese books that we really like came out with seven C's, <laughs> uh, and I've been reading those a MXTX, lot. MXTX, baby. Yeah, MXTX books, which are Heaven Officials Blessing, Scum Villain Self Saving System, and Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation. Uh, if you're really into cool lore, gay stuff. And you like having a good time. The three books are very different, but they're all really good. And I would recommend them. And the English translation is very good with also some really good art. So if you're already a fan of those kind of series, you'll like them a lot. If you aren't a fan and don't know what we're talking about, um, Scum Villain is very funny. Grandmaster is, is I don't even know how to describe that one. Um, yeah, MDZS is a good time. They're, they're all a good time. It's, they're all a good time. And Heaven Officials Blessing is really good if you like really complex lore and like magic systems. Grandmaster is like a bit of everything in a good way. But Scum yeah. Villain is like more or less a straight up comedy and it's very good. So uh, so yeah, that's what I've been reading. Yeah, I, I only have my... Uh, Scum Villain is the only one that I have so far because I pre-ordered it from a different place than the other two and then my local bookstore was like yeah we still don't have them yet we don't know when they're coming in big shrug we'll text you eventually and i was like cool i'll just wait (laughs) i'm so glad scum villain is getting the valor it deserves on this podcast because i feel like it's the one that tends to get a bit shafted by fans Mm-hmm. It's very funny because actually when this stuff originally came out, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want Scum Villain in my house. Like I was like, <laughs> I like it, but I don't know if I want it gracing my home. And I do not regret ordering it because I was like, I suddenly wanted it to reread it. I was rereading it. And I think I just read a bad translation, but I really liked it on reread. Yeah, it was really good. Because Scum Villain was the first one I read. And I read the edited machine translation version. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. Ow. I read all of it. Which is insane in hindsight because there's been a retranslation and now there's like, it's the official translation and it reads so much better and the comedy comes across so much better. The art in the Scum Villain book is really good too. I really like how, I know I've been following the artist for a while and I'm glad she's also on the Schwa, Hualeng, and Lin Wenguan train. Mm-hmm. I don't mispronounce those names, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. 
Hello. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I was going to say for my, my media stuff, I don't know. Is it, can I just talk about Doctor Who again? Will the listeners be mad <laughs> that I talk about Doctor Who every time? I just like what I've sure. been into just, lately. Just <laughs> emphasize what's different and, you know, keep it short. Yeah. Okay. Well, the current season of New Who is over now. I thought it was okay. I was very complimentary about like the beginning part of it the last time I did my little check-in, but I didn't think they like wrapped it up very well but there was a lot of like fun stuff and like I said I'm glad that they were trying something different even if I didn't think it was necessarily very successful but then I've also been continuing my watch through of classic Doctor Who so if you want an update on that I am done with I think it's season 16 damn the key to time arc Mm. yes the Doctor and his companion Romana, who is also a Time Lord, have to go on a journey and find a bunch of magical keys. One of the stories is written by Douglas Adams and has a robot space pirate man with a robot parrot, which is very entertaining. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh-huh. it is good. It's good. So yeah, I really want to, at some point, I want to finish watching all of classic Doctor Who, but I'm going kind of slowly because also then when I'm done... I won't have any more that I've never seen before, and then I will be sad. <laughs> until they find one of the missing episodes, anyways. Yeah, until they, maybe they will find one of the missing episodes, and then I will be able to watch again. <laughs> yeah, well, what about you, Cree? What have you been into? Um, I think the past two months, my wife and I have been slowly but very steadily, almost every day, watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine for the first time. Ah, mm. yes. Love DS9. We're almost done. We're almost done with season six now, and we have like kind of like started to slow down because things are going to hell in the series. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I never finished DS Nine because everything got really intense and like arcy, and I was like, I want to know what happens, but oh my god, this is so intense. I've also heard <laughs> some things about the last season. That I'm just like, I do not see it. Uh, <laughs> I am going to live in this <laughs> bubble. I don't have to respect this canon, I don't know. Um, Because so far, I I think that... I feel like on one hand, I really want to respect the later arcs that are a bit more... They are darker and trying to grapple with, like, questions of militarism and war. And the part of me kind of wants to respect that. And the other is like, no, this is not what I watch Star Trek for. Fuck you. (laughs) I want characters to be friends. (laughs) Can't they all just be buddies? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like DS9 is probably my favorite Star Trek because I like the overarching plot, but it is, um, there are definitely like missteps in that plot at points and things that I wish that they hadn't done. But I think it was like one of the first shows to really do that, like to have an arc plot and not just be like adventure of the week week. in the 90s. So I definitely respect that about it. And it's like very... They pull off a lot of really good stuff. Who's your favorite characters? Uh, I love Odo. Oh, I love Odo too. He's the best. So the like main cause, I really, really love Odo. <laughs> but I'm also, like, of course, like I'm just embarrassingly into Garak as a concept. <laughs> Garak is so good. <laughs> He's so fucking good. What if there was a gay lizard man who was a spy assassin and now he works as a Taylor making clothes on the station but is still clearly a spy and everybody knows he's a spy but he acts like he's not so they just show up to his house like can you make some clothing 
and he's like, yes, do you want it to murder people? <laughs> and he has a tragic backstory. Garak is delightful. Oh, he has a tragic backstory that we never really figure out. Yeah, we never really explore the full thing. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm looking up the characters because I'm like, there's some I remember. Is Kira from D Space Nine? Kira, yes. Yeah, okay. Kira, Kira Nerys, my my wife. Kira's also very good. <laughs> I love her. Okay, I know a lot of people like her. She's probably like the best female Star Trek character like ever for me. She's just so well written. Cool. It has such an interesting arc. Like you would definitely love her, Johnny. I already do. I like her cool nose, little alien nose. All right. Well, that's probably enough Trekkie content. Let's talk about what this podcast is really about. Yagoa. Yigaya. Yeah, the king of games. The heart of the cards. King of gamers. Alright, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, so, this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, another like double episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! So we're going to be covering episodes um, 9 and 10 of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Episode 9 is called... In English, it was Duel with a Ghoul. <laughs> and so in Japanese, it was called Back from the Dead, Magical Silk Hats. And then episode 10 is called Give Up the Ghost in English. And in Jap- the Japanese title is Blue Eyes White Dragon Counterattack. So yeah, I'm still noticing the ongoing kind of line that we have where Japanese titles are like, this is the card, a cool card that is used in this episode. And then the English titles are like, let's come up with a weird pun. <laughs> and I think both of those are, both of those are relatively fun. Um, you know, when we were planning these, I was like, should we combine nine and 10? I, I don't know because I want to have our guests on. So, but maybe too much happens in these to combine them. But then I actually watched them and I was like, Oh, there's some, like, really wacky stuff that happens in these two, but it is very slow-paced. The duel itself, very little actually happens in the duel, so I feel like we'll yeah. be, the duel part will be going over fast. The non-duel stuff, there's a lot to dig into, so <laughs> without further ado. Yeah, we pick up with first a little brief recap of last time. So um, Yugi has come to this dueling field where he is going to be dueling, thought he was going to be dueling against one of Pegasus's goons, but instead that man says no i have another opponent for you it is spooky zombie ghost kaiba <laughs> ghost kaiba i'm just gonna be calling him ghost kaiba yeah he has eye bags he just needs to look like he needs to moisturize or or my theory is since he's a zombie slash ghost this is his corpse and they pulled him from the ocean and he got all wrinkly from the seawater i think the eye bags is where he stores his hate Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Palpatine from uh, Star Wars. <laughs> you be the more evil, the more wrinkles. That's direct correlation. Uh-huh. That's why old people are so hostile. It's like Kaiba would be, you know, that like I guess it's not really a meme, but it's on those kind of like girl bossy tacky cards <laughs> and stuff. That's like the bags under my eyes are designer. <laughs> that's Kaiba. <laughs> girl boss gatekeep gaslight Kaiba. We know he would do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. He's red lean-in. He's like, it doesn't matter that I'm not a woman. It's got good advice. <laughs> uh, so the spiky-haired guard says that young Yugi must battle the ghost of Kaiba. And Mokuba is like, what the fuck? Who's that? My brother. And then there's an incredibly dramatic, like, split-screen reaction shot where Kimo says, Kaiba has died. And then it just cuts to everybody like, oh, no, no. Like, it's just split-screen of every character looking shocked. 
It's pretty shocking. Everyone is like, what? With their teeth clenched, and it's very dramatic. I enjoy it. Um, meanwhile, we also see Pegasus in his giant castle room. He's still eating his gorgonzola cheese and drinking his fine wine slash fruit juice in the dub. Okay, I, I just want to put in, I counted those blocks of cheese, and this, we're down to three at this point. Oh! Which is still too much cheese. Cheese math. But... <laughs> He's continuing to eat the cheese. That's, that's good. Realism. Continuity. We love it. Uh, well, Pegasus is very blasé about, like, Kaiba being dead or not. He's just kind of like, hmm, let's find out. And he says, I'll watch this for amusement to see what happens. Well, it's interesting because in the dub, he explicitly says, oh, I use the true power of the Millennium Items, which to me, I think it very definitely, mm-hmm. like, indicated that he was implying that, oh, the Millennium Items can raise people from the dead. Huh. Which, if only. <laughs> but anyway, continue. In the sub, he's just like, oh, you used, so you used a fake version of Kaiba, and then his lackey, Croquet, is like, yes, we did. Um, Ghost Kaiba says, I'm dead, and... You killed me because I was in such despair that I couldn't live anymore, and I'm dead. I'm definitely dead. And then Yamiyuki is basically just like, no, you're not. That's a lie. I refuse to believe that you are actually the ghost of Kaiba. And Ghost Kaiba says, I'm dead, and I'm wandering through hell, and I'm going to drag you down to hell with me. <laughs> Which That's is- romance, baby. Not That's romance, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A, that's romance. B, man, that's way cooler than what they say in the dub, which is just some generic, they can't say die or hell. So they're just like, oh, I was felt so bad. I couldn't go on or whatever. He sounds like a Victorian maiden. So and then we also hear Pegasus saying kind of like to himself slash in a voiceover where he's like, this is the first of several assassins that has been sent to take you out, which kind of makes it sound like he's planning on literally killing him especially because ghost kaiba has been like i'm gonna send you to hell but then they clarify that by assassin he means like they say later player killer in the manga i believe where it's like he sent these people specifically to defeat yugi and to like knock him out of the tournament i guess um but pegasus does seem to have faith that like yugi is going to be able to beat all of these people because he's like i can't wait to duel yugi myself but he's like testing him by sending in these duelists so I'm assuming they don't say that stuff about the assassins in the dub. Hmm. They do not, definitely don't even indicate that at all. Like, nothing about that. So, the duel begins. They bet, uh, I think they bet three star chips. Yes, three star chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mokuba's like, you can do it. So Mokuba's cheering for Yugi. He's like, this guy's just fake. I know my brother can't really be dead. I just have to note that in my notes, I, I literally at this point wrote, Among a sus imposter, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so trendy, and with the kids, play Among Us. <laughs> I've only played it twice, but anyway. We're hip gamers on this podcast. Please, please end my suffering. Um, oh yes, Pegasus also says, I wrote this down, this line down, because I thought it was so funny. He says, Kaiba's ghost will give Yugi emotional trauma, causing him to lose. <laughs> I just thought that was a great line, like, but yeah, it does seem like basically the plan is Yugi will be so thrown off by facing a ghost, he will not be able to play normally. And Yami's like, well, even if you're fake, who looks like Kaiba, you can't truly have Kaiba's deck of cards, which Mm -hmm. then it turns out that he does. 
I want to put a pin in this for later because I don't understand why he has this deck. But I feel like first we have to talk about like the rest of the duel. Oh, but wait, it makes perfect sense why he has the deck because Kaiba left the deck and the servants last episode were like, oh, Pegasus wanted Kaiba's deck. So it's implied that they took the deck delivered it to Duel's Kingdom and gave it to Yeah, but how does the deck guy. get from how does the deck get from Japan to an island off the coast of America in an hour? Private planes. <laughs> is it in is it in America though? Well remember actually remember how the guy was like, oh, give me four hours. Oh, in the sub he says one hour. In the dub he says four. So another chance thing mm. where the dub kind of made more sense. And yeah. I'm assuming Duel's Kingdom is like off the coast of Japan and so like a private plane. Oh. Hmm. I thought it was in, oh, this is later, later in this episode, they show a map of California. Oh. And so I was like, maybe Duelist Kingdom is there. But now that I'm thinking about it, actually, I think they said that was the headquarters of Industrial Illusions when he was looking at the map of California. So maybe Duelist Kingdom is off the coast of Japan. I don't know. (laughs) I guess we just have to assume that the deck got there. (laughs) Turns out that, yes, he does have Kaiba's deck. Um, he's playing these cards. He's like, he also taunts Yami by saying like, you beat Kaiba's deck before, but that was when you had Exodia. You don't have Exodia anymore. Is it going to be possible? All right. So now we are going to be cutting back and forth between what is happening on Duelist Kingdom and Kaiba's little side adventure, which is absolutely wild and I enjoy it very much. Okay, so we have to open it. In the dub, uh, we get the first pop punk song. This will be a reoccurring Kaiba unique thing in the English dub, where they have an English song that it's like, um, had no idea you were gonna try and steal my life away. Like, literally, like, basically almost there's describing the situation, but in very vague things. There's, like, a song with lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a song with lyrics that's basically going, like, if you were in my shoes, cause you're not me. Oh, it's You're Not Me. I love that song. <laughs> that's This is where we hear it? Yes, they play the first verse of that song. Super pop punk. It is so fucking funny. I like started hooping and hollering when I heard it because I love this is like Kaiba unique thing. There well, there's one other example during a Yugi Joey Yugi Joey moment later where they make mm-hmm. an English song. But yeah. Kaiba, they have his own theme song called You're Not Me. Yeah, and it is like recurring theme that keep people keep trying to steal Kaiba's shit. <laughs> and they have a whole song for it in the English dub. So that song starts jamming out as soon as it focuses in this whole scene when he's sneaking into Kaiba Manor again. That song is blasting, and it is so fucking funny. Like that song is the sole reason I chose to rewatch that episode in the dub because I needed to find out if this was like a fever dream I had at some point, or if it was actually in the dub. And it was. And my wife was in the same room, and she went, "Why does Kaiba get a theme song? <laughs> he just does. Why does no one else get a theme song? Because he's motherfucking Kaiba." It is definitely, yeah, it's Kaiba's theme song. We should clarify that it is sung by Eric Stewart, Kaiba's dub voice actor. So he is clearly singing, like, in Kaiba. It's it's basically... Let's get his little musical moment. Good for him. I mean, anime has will do this where they'll put out, like, an album of character songs. This is... Yu-Gi-Oh! is the only anime of which I'm aware where there was basically, like, English character songs that they just made for the dub, and then they just stuck them in the show. <laughs> because there is a whole album of like Yu-Gi-Oh songs. I believe it is called Music to Duel by um that are like sung by the voice actors. I love that so much. Is this on Spotify? I need to know. I didn't know that this was here. I'm familiar with the song, but I 
remember it being in the Pyramid of Light movie. Like, that's where I remember it appearing, so I didn't know that it starts here. Uh, yeah, so what happens is, um, I want to walk through every step of this, because it's great. <laughs> so Kaiba is, he's like lurking behind a tree. We get a little flashback that he escaped um, from how Pegasus's goons think he like committed suicide because he jumped out the window. But in fact, he managed to cling onto the side of the cliff with briefcase intact. He's still holding his briefcase, get up and then sneak around. So now he's like outside Kaiba mansion behind some trees. And then he he was going to go into his secret underground lair, which has like seven layers of security. Okay, so first he goes to a hidden like trap oh, door so much. in the ground and pulls it up with a chain. Then that takes him down into a like a library and which mm-hmm. does the secret bookcase where you have to pull a book off of the wall and that book opens a secret door thing. Then there is a retina scanner that scans his eye. That brings him through into this room that is what I wrote down is hacker dungeon because it's just like this room with a bunch of computer screens and then when he sits down at the computer in order to activate it he has to type in his password and give like a the computer is like voice print scanned so that is like five layers of security to make sure that only Kaiba can access the secret hacker dungeon it's so extra I love it there are five chairs in this hacker dungeon despite that all right, so big dub difference coming up, I'm pretty sure. What is the computer like that he interacts with when he finally logs in? It's just like a computer. It's like a computer voice. Okay, so in voice. dub, it is like a sassy Betty Boop 1920s style, like, Kaiba, da da da, and he's like vaguely disrespectful. It is sassy. This further proves my theory that he and my Valentine would actually get along because she's just like this AI personality, but literally this is like a 1920s and she's talking in like that very Atlantic accent, da 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 da. Uh, like That's like wild. doing all this kind of stuff That's and she's really so sassy and she she also asks him questions all the time she's like what do you mean sir like <laughs> considering the fact that he probably created this ai the implications <laughs> for that are fucking hilarious <laughs> and he even gets annoyed with it is like oh shut up like you talk too much and i'm like did you create a computer just to be like sendere with like what is happening in your weird little mind <laughs> the layers here <laughs> anyway so sassy computer time what Kaiba is going to be is hacking uh, into Pegasus's mainframe or whatever. Um, he's like, search for Duelist Kingdom. And um, I didn't write down like every single step of all of this hacking. So some of this might be out of order, but like a lot goes on. <laughs> so he's tr- basically he's trying to get access to, he says, I think he says he wants access to Yugi's duel records. And then mm-hmm. um, they, he can't get that. So he's like, all right, well, I need to find who Yugi is dueling. And so he like goes through, apparently they have, the computer has, is recording like any duel that is being played on any of the dueling platforms on the island, which makes sense because it's like computer program that is like causing the holograms and stuff. So he's like, well, I can't find Yugi specifically because his data is blocked or whatever. So instead, I'm going to search for if anybody is playing the Dark Magician, because Yugi always plays Dark Magician. Meanwhile, in the actual duel, Ghost Kaiba dramatically reveals that he does, in fact, have Blue Eyes White Dragon in his deck, and he turns it around, and it's like, ba-da, Blue Eyes! So they're all like, wow, this he really has Kaiba's deck. 
I just like I have the exact same reaction as Seto Kaiba when somebody besides him plays the blue eyes. I'm like, no, it doesn't belong to you. <laughs> I get like weirdly upset. I'm like, no, you're a faker. I hate you. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about throughout this whole episode. Yami Yugi is also like very, very like righteously angry about mm-hmm. this person like faking Kaiba's deck and like Kaiba's duelist honor, which I do think is kind of wild considering they've battled, depending on what continuity you're thinking of, either they have dueled once or they have dueled like twice and then the pre the second time he was trying to kill you. Like I just think it's <laughs> funny that he's so attached That's... to like Yeah. Kaiba's one of the greatest duelists I've ever known and I want to protect his, like, and, like, how dare you? You know, he's gonna learn the heart of the cards and I'm just like, you're just putting so much faith in Kaiba here and I think it's fun. <laughs> I I think you said it best. You said it best. But yeah, no, he is he is very righteously pissed off. And he also it takes him a long time, but this is when he uses the blue eyes, that's the first time he go- starts to feel like, wait, is this really Kaiba? Or, like, his ghost or whatever? This is, like, the first time you see a little crack in his, his willpower. Meanwhile, Kaiba's hacking for some reason, in order to hack the company program, he has to hack a satellite, which is yes. orbiting the Earth. And then the satellite looks at the headquarters of Industrial Illusions, and it zooms in on a map from which we can deduce that Industrial Illusions is in Southern California. Um, and then... Because <laughs> that's, that's where they were looking at on the map. Um, and... Apparently, once the satellite is looking physically looking at the building, then the computer can hack into the Industrial Illusions computer. I don't understand the logistics of that, but sure. Well, they were also talking about, it, maybe it's different in the dub, but in the dub they're like, oh, we have to use the satellite to crash into the mainframe. Yes, because this was very... Is it different? This was very unclear to me when I watched the sub. When I watched the sub, I was like, is it zooming in or is it crashing but in the dub i was definitely like oh in the dub literally they're like we're going to use the satellite to crash into the mainframe because it needs to go offline temporarily in order to allow us to sneak into the system yeah because kaiba theorizes that the backup has less protection Mm -hmm. so it would be easier to hack yes so they do crash the satellite right they don't so in the sub they don't say that they're crashing the satellite yeah, well, they do that, and basically he's able to hack into the mainframe because of the backup. So he commits international space terrorism to take control of this duel, which good for him. <laughs> Love the dedication. Oh, it's amazing. Does Kaiba know how big a satellite is? He doesn't give a shit. He's like, I will cause the death of thousands for this duel. I don't give a shit. This guy's using my blue eyes. He's, he's violated non-aggression principles, so I'm gonna commit some space terrorism yeah kaiba does a war crime in this episode you guys know i'm i'm actually looking at this my subtitle file now for the transcript and he very specifically says i'm virtually accessing the back door so there's no like physical satellite crashing in the sub which is not as fun not as fun i mean on one hand it doesn't make sense that the computer like zooms in and stuff but on the other hand at least kaiba didn't crash a satellite into a skyscraper possibly killing hundreds of people Maybe the password um was Didn't written this air on like a month after September eleventh? I'm sorry yes! to make a nine eleven joke. <laughs> I've already it made seems one. like you would maybe not air your main a main character that crashing add... a flying satellite into a skyscraper. Yeah, that they would add a crashing uh thing yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even there to begin with. That's hilarious. A little wild. Oh my god. 
Um, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> however he gets in. Oh, also, apparently, at least in the sub, Pegasus's main computer system is named Millennium, which I thought was just an interesting little detail. So possibly he named it after, you know, the Millennium Eye and stuff. Uh, yeah, so he's getting in. Um, meanwhile, in the duel, I'm sorry, the duel is the boring part to me compared to the hacking. Oh, yeah, it is so boring. Ghost Kaiba plays uh, Stop Defense, which is a card that makes it so um, Yami Yugi can't put any monsters in defense position. They have to be in attack, so he's able to keep hitting his life points. The Blue Eyes destroys one of Yami's cards. There's a, another great hacking part where it turns into, like, it looks like a screensaver, like, 3D model of going through tunnels, and that's how this whole hacking process is being depicted on, on Kaiba's screen. And then then he's like, set up a destruction program to get through the door, and then it, this is shown by a little graphic of, like, a TNT dynamite bomb going off. He's <laughs> like, I got- and then he's like, I'm in. <laughs> Again- <laughs> None of this makes any sense at all, but it is delightful. <laughs> I do think it makes a lot of sense somehow that Kaiba would program a computer game. Like, the hacking process should look like a computer game. Yeah, you know what? That's actually fair. He would turn it into a game, because everything has to be a game. Oh, also, Pegasus's password is Alcatraz. <laughs> Clever. Fun. Which Kaiba manages to guess, because he's like... This is an island prison where once I enter, I can never leave. So the password is Alcatraz. I'm like, okay, that's a leap of logic. But I apparently he was able to guess the password. The only prison in the US. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the dueling field, um, Yugi plays Magical Hats, which is a fun magic card where these hats pop up and they hide your monsters underneath them. And it's like a shell game where the person has to pick like which hat the monster is under. Dark Magician is hiding in one. Great delay tactic. Yeah, so it's a good way to stall. Ghost Kaiba's first um, burst stream of destruction from his blue eyes uh, hits one of the hats, which Dark Magician is not in, etc, etc. And this is where the first episode ends, basically. Mm-hmm. This in this one individual episode, not a lot actually happened, like, plot-wise. <laughs> there is a lot of, like, I mean, I guess we can do this at the end, our overall thoughts, but there is a lot of, like, characters finding out things that we as the viewer already know. Mm. Like, people explaining to Pegasus, or, like, Kaiba's computer explaining to him, like, things that we already know as a viewer, so it, it to kind of drag out the episode. But that takes us to... um nine which let me give me a second let me open up my notes for or or ten rather let me open up my notes for that all right so episode 10 which is titled in japanese come out blue eyes white dragon and in the dub give up the ghost which there's a song that's like the whole song is like give up the ghost give up the ghost i don't remember who it's by but it just is on loop in my head throughout this entire episode i hope the viewers know that I also know that song. I can't remember who it's by or what it's called, but I won't. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, magical hats. Blue Eyes is attacking them. Yami uses a trap card, Spellbinding Circle. Ghost Kaiba's like, don't forget, though, my deck has three Blue Eyes in it. Meanwhile, real Kaiba is still trying to hack in, and he has made it through to viewing, like, the status of their duel. Mm-hmm. The computer is like, your access has been detected. So, like, they know that we're in. But we have been able to get to Yugi's dual data. 
and the duel is reported as he's dueling Seto Kaiba. So obviously Kaiba's like, what? <laughs> Someone is mimicking me. They're stealing my identity. And they see that a blue eyes is on the field. And Kaiba's like, this can't be, you know, how dare they? And then Kaiba says to his computer, put a virus into the blue eyes. So I didn't really follow super well, like what exactly was going on here, but he was like, oh, I can lower its attack points with a virus, virus injected. <laughs> I like that, he, that the computer asked if he wants, like, if he wants maximum efficiency for the virus. Mm-hmm. Like he could have had it at 50%. <laughs> he, they, they just want to go all the way, which is pretty on brand. I also thought it was funny that, so the virus like goes in and starts to infect the blue eyes, but they play it as like a timing thing where it's like, it has to take effect before the blue eyes' next attack. And it's like, this game is like, this game isn't timed in, it doesn't happen in real time. Like Yami could stall, (laughs) like if he saw the life points were dropping. Well, that kind of comes up at least in the dub. He's like, oh, I wish Yami would take more time to, like, look. But again, I don't know if it's, like, visible to the people playing that the attack points are going down. That's not really explained, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense, this part. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I wrote down that um, Mokuba cheering for Yugi is cute. I also scene. wanted to say, I wrote down that I was impressed the entire time, even when the blue eyes got whooped out, Mokuba never showed any doubt. He's like, this is not my brother. This is a fake. So like, even when Yami kind of was like, oh, I'm not sure. He was like, he kept up his vibe check. And he was like, no, this guy is a faker. So the virus is hitting the blue eyes. And we also see Pegasus sipping his wine. He's like, hmm, someone has hacked into my mainframes. It must be Seto Kaiba. <laughs> so he truly is alive after all. Someone's hacked my mainframes. I, he doesn't quite say that, but I just love that as like a casual, like you're slurping wine. And you're just like, mm, my mainframes have been hacked. Interesting. <laughs> someone crashed my satellite. Mm, someone committed international space terrorism. Fascinating. But then somehow the virus stops. So the blue eyes' attack points have been decreased, but they have only been decreased to 2,000. Um, he's about to attack. They're like, fire, burst stream of destruction. And then we get this weird scene w- sequence where um, Kaiba is like, oh no, how could this be happening? And he kind of slams his fists down on the desk and he's like, Yugi! And then we flash cut over to Yami Yugi, who's like, as the burst stream of destruction, you know, rays are coming out of the blue eyes towards him. And he's he goes... Kaiba and then the blue eyes disappears disintegrates basically and I don't understand what's going on here like is it just a cut of them or like does Yami like psychically sense that the real Kaiba is interfering with the duel like how did you guys interpret that or is it different in the dub I was it's pretty much the same in the dub I was interpreting it as it the virus and everybody's kind of like oh like even the computer is kind of like oh it must have been the virus but my interpretation yeah, we'll get to that, that, I'll get to that in a second my interpretation yeah. was that the virus didn't work and that was Kaiba basically like using his psychic heart of the cards dual power to go like that's my blue eyes don't hurt Yugi and all that kind of stuff and like Yami recognized basically Kaiba was able to psychically or whatever stop the blue eyes from attacking the blue eyes was like you're not the real Kaiba I don't have to listen to you fuck you and disappeared and that was Yami recognizing what was happening so they weren't actually communicating it was more of Yami recognizing oh my gosh Kaiba was able to reach out over space and stop his beloved monster from attacking me because it was not the right master that was my interpretation I guess so homosexual yeah because I was I think I was a bit confused by that because I had read all I read the manga <laughs> so mm. at first I thought that oh like the hacking thing is a way of making the like the card giving up 
make sense as an, in a non-spiritual <laughs> way. But then they seem to kind of lean into that anyway. So what was the point of the hacking? Yeah, it's very odd because when we go back, um, you know, in the hacker dungeon, Kaiba's saying, computer, why did the blue eyes disappear? And the blue uh, the computer says, oh, I can't analyze it. I don't know why. And then Kaiba's like, could it have been the heart of the cards? <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. So I guess that's the answer. I just... I'm prepared to accept that Heart of the Cards is the answer for why the Blue Eyes disappeared. I was just curious about, like, why you see Yami going, Kaiba? Like, I was wondering what that thought was supposed to be. Um, yeah, because yeah, Yami then says, like, oh, it must be that Seto Kaiba is still alive. And then we see Ghost Kaiba going, shut up, I'm dead. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> Which I just love the, I love the energy of being, like... Of like going like no you are not you are alive and then the person that you're fighting is like no I'm dead leave me alone I'm a zombie I swear it's just funny out of context and Mokuba also cheers for this and he goes oh only my brother could have possibly made that happen like I know that big brother is definitely still alive yeah Yami also thinks to himself like now that I know that Kaiba's really alive then I can concentrate on this duel because I know that this must be an imposter and I don't know like I don't know. I mean, I guess it works, but I just don't understand why Blue Eyes disappearing convinces Yami and Mokuba that Seto is alive. Um, so now we get something that I think we need to discuss, which is the reveal of the true identity of Ghost Kaiba. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> now, I believe that this is very different in yes. the dub and the sub, so I will tell you what happened to the sub. First of all, I wrote down that Ghost Kaiba is having, like, an Ace Attorney witness breakdown, because that's what it reminded me of. That's a really good comparison. Where he's just screaming and, like, punching the dueling platform. And then he basically, okay, so he, like, explodes and turns into this kind of giant clown man with pink hair and, like, a Dracula cape on, who is just, like, an evil clown. And the clown man says... I am the impersonator of death, and I was sent here by industrial illusions to duel you. And later it seems that this man has some kind of magical or, like, illusion-based skill, which makes him can make him appear however he wants. Because later in the duel, he also, like, pulls his cape over his head and then pulls it down, and then he looks and sounds exactly like Pegasus for, like, one line to taunt Yugi, and then he, like, does it again. So, why can this very large, like, physically, he's much larger than Kaiba. So, in like, he's a big guy. So, I don't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that he's, like, is able to look exactly like Kaiba. But for the most part, I guess it kind of tracks. Alright, so now we have to talk about what it is in the dub. <laughs> okay, so in the dub, this weird clown thing is, um... He says, I am the leftover, uh, the evil, when you shattered uh, Seto's soul, I am like the negative energy. I'm the evil part of Kaiba that was banished to the Shadow Realm that was brought back by Pegasus's Millennium Eye. So basically, he is the naughty portion of Kaiba's soul. Why does he look like that? Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Maybe Pegasus made him look like that. It's not explained why he looks like a freaky clown man. It's just, oh, I am the part of Kaiba's soul that you destroyed. So technically it is true that Yami killed him because he sent the naughty Kaiba soul to the shadow world. So 
and everybody in the like everybody in like those stands is kind of like oh yeah that's why he's so gross like they're all just like rolling with it and i was like what the <laughs> fuck wouldn't you have more questions I'm like why does he look like that what the hell are you talking about what's going on but just baffling choice there by the dub to be like oh yeah I, rather than be like him being like an elaborate imposter it's like no i am literally a a dark part of seto's soul i do think my one good thing is i do think that genuinely pegasus <laughs> Would if he had the ability to like take the evil part of Kaiba's soul and give it physical form, I think he would find it really funny and be like, I'm gonna make it look like a fat clown man. I think that's really funny. <laughs> that's like kind of on brand for him. Um, what's what was your take on this, Cree? Like, what's your reaction to Kaiba's soul? I just I do not know how to process this because I think both the sub and dub version are kind of and even the manga version, to be honest, are not entirely making sense to me <laughs> because i do feel like on the one yeah. hand if like in the sub if you have a weird shape-shifting clown you could just as well go all the way and say that it's a supernatural entity because mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense that this is just a guy who's really good at disguises that doesn't really match what we see on screen um mm -hmm. so in a sense i think i might actually uh, prefer the dub version that i mean you can just as well go all the way I think that dub version just has so many, it just has so many, like, lore implications and questions that are baffling to an even greater extent than, oh, it's a shape-shifting clown man. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, so it's, okay, first, I mean, without even touching, like, why does Kaiba have, like, an evil, like, gay clown that lives in his soul? I mean, don't we all? It's just how does that then take physical form and get onto this island and Pegasus did this with the Millennium Items he implies? And uh just what? Like in general <laughs> I don't know what response to have to any of this other than what? Huh? <laughs> it's baffling. It's truly a bizarre writing choice in all aspects. Like it's really weird in the original, and then four kids made it even weirder for no reason. Like they didn't have to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. They could have just translated it because it's it's not like oh, it's an evil clown is in some way inappropriate for the children. <laughs> oh, I yeah, baffling, but not gonna lie, really fucking funny. <laughs> well, anyways, um. So, meanwhile, the the evil clown man is thinking, like, well, I can probably still win because I still have one more blue eyes, the third one, left in my deck. Uh, meanwhile, Pegasus's goons have managed to break into the hacker dungeon because apparently, despite the, like, seven layers of security, I guess Kaiba forgot to close the doors behind him or something because they managed to get in pretty easily. <laughs> like, well, what was the point of... The secret bookcase and the voice prints and the retina scanner and the lock. If so, if if Pegasus's bad guys can just walk right in, <laughs> but they get there and by that point, Kaiba I guess already knew they were coming and he has escaped because the screens are all like down and everything. He's just like Mokuba. He's a slippery bastard. Respect. Pegasus has so one of Pegasus's underlings tells him like when our agents got there to the hacking terminal. Then Edo Kaiba had already disappeared, and then Pegasus is like, All right, all right, it's not a big deal. We'll get him eventually. Uh, for now, let's just see how this duel plays out. Let's just keep watching. So the duel continues. The clown man is playing defensively, uh, hoping for to stall until he can draw the last blue eyes. 
Uh, of course, he still has the stop defense on the field, so Yami is not able to play defensively. So mm-hmm. his life points keep going down. He gets all the way down to, like, 500 life points at one moment. Yep. He plays a card, Mystical Elf, who is like a... A, a classic, but we can attack, unfortunately. And Mystical Elf is, like, chanting a magical chant of some kind. Clown Man manages to play the third Blue Eyes. And they're all like, oh no. And then Mokuba's like, well, my brother can help him again. Joey and uh, Anzu are like, oh, well, no, it can't happen. Because, like, if he could, he would have done it by now. But this Blue Eyes is at full strength. Whatever mm-hmm. could Yugi do? Uh, there's some, you know, trap card, you know, back and forth. And then uh, one part that I thought was good was Yugi's like, I'm going to play Monster Reborn. The ghost clown man says, are you going to revive my blue eyes? And Yang Yugi says, no, I'm reviving Kaiba's blue eyes. Like, he's like, it's not yours, which I thought was just a fun, <laughs> a fun exchange. Then we get a very, like, fun, like, very badass scene where Yang Yugi, he wins the duel with the blue eyes. He's like, feel the power of Seto Kaiba's anger. I will attack with his blue eyes. I'm never going to forgive you for, like, disgracing him. <laughs> which, again, I mean, I know I mentioned this before, but I do love how Yami is, like, so righteously angry on Kaiba's behalf, despite how little they've, like, significantly interacted before this. It's dishonorable. So Yami performs once again. He's, like, mind crush on this man. And then what I wrote is he looks all cool, but basically he turns into this, like, shadowy entity. This is so baller. Also, okay, wait. One dub line that came a little earlier that I want to say is at one point he's talking to the clown man and he's like, I'd call you a monster, but I don't want to insult the cards, which I thought was a- <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, I don't have it written exactly when that was, but I think it was around this time. I think I've seen that like in a GIF or like a YouTube clip or something, but I didn't know that it was from this episode. That's hilarious. Sorry, yes. This like I, it's not like quite like he's on fire, but it's like very cool, like totally backlit. It's like shadow and it's like a flickering flame. It looks and it's got his glowing eye of Horus. It looks so sick. Uh, and he's like, Pegasus, I know you can hear me. I'll never forgive you for disgracing Sedokaiba, And eventually I'm going to duel you. Then we cut to Pegasus. Pegasus's wine glass shatters from... I guess the force of Yami's anger. I mean, his juice glass, but yeah, sure. Yes, excuse me. I mean, even if you're drinking juice out of it, it's still a wine glass, right? True, that is true. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem that bothered by it, though, by the shattering. Um, Pegasus also thinks to himself a line that I thought was interesting, where he says, Ah, Yugi boy, you have incredible dark powers. She's like, yeah, his shadow powers is what he calls them in the dub. So that's the end, and Pegasus is like, I'm even more excited than before to defeat you. Kaiba, or Yugi goes over, and at the end, um, he, like, collects Kaiba's deck, and is like, Kaiba. All of the friends are like, you did it, Yugi, and then they realize that Mokuba has disappeared, so we end on them going like, Mokuba's gone, where is Mokuba? And that's, like, the end of the episode, which kind of a slightly abrupt ending. But just didn't notice. They didn't notice that he was taken. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, oh yeah, where's the- He's been yelling this whole duel, so... L. Yeah, it seems like he's been kidnapped again. Classic Mokuba. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so yeah, uh, pretty crazy time. I think the dub-sub difference is some of the most, like, 
just insane shit of all time. I don't even know what they were thinking. I don't even know which one is better, to be frank, because they're both equally ridiculous. I I hate to say it, but I almost like the dubbed one more. If he, the only problem is if he didn't transform into a weird clown. Like if he just did a Ace Attorney witness breakdown and got more deformed looking, and he was like, "Oh, I'm the dark side of Kaiba," I would have liked it. But like the fact that he's a clown man is bad. <laughs> It doesn't work with the dove explanation. Yeah, because the subversion, the subversion is so baffling because it kind of takes takes what happen happens in the manga, right? With the like, this is a assassin player killer character mm-hmm. disguised as Kaiba, but his disguise is that he, you know, is Kaiba's ghost. Completely changes shape, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it makes no sense. And in the dub version, they go with a supernatural explanation, which honestly, I. You can just as well do, because it's just, what? What does it mean? So should we talk about what happened in the manga? Because I do think that it's relevant. <laughs> or do mm-hmm. do we have anything? Oh, I, I guess, I don't know if we had anything else we wanted to say about our overall thoughts. Like, how did you feel about these episodes? Or if it would be better to talk about the manga? Overall, I liked these two episodes a lot. I really liked Kaiba's, like, hacker dungeon thing. And all of that was just wild. I mean... All of it objectively makes absolutely no sense. It's like peak early 2000s. This is how hacking works. <laughs> Absolute nonsense, but in a really fun way. <laughs> and I really like that. And I love, you know, basically like seeing Kaiba be this like crazy action hero and do all this wild stuff that's not specifically dueling related. I kind of like the concept, bananas as it is. But I do think that I also do think that these two episodes were really slow. Like, it could have maybe been one episode or, like, one and a half. Because there's a lot of scenes of, um, I mentioned this before, but a lot of scenes of, like, characters learning things that we already know Mm -hmm. as a viewer. Where it's like, you didn't have to show Pegasus, like, being told what's happening in the duel. It's clearly just to pad out the episode. So it's a little slow paced, but a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. There's a version of this episode that's amazing, where you go in and cut cut it down by, like, ten minutes, but that's not the version we have. I totally agree. Mm. I think just, like, the Kaiba hacking stuff. Also, I, there wasn't really a natural part to put this, so I'll say it now. I love the visualizations that they're doing for each action. Like, mm-hmm. the computer visualizes, like, the hacking as, like, breaking into doors. I always love that kind of stuff in movies. People are always like, oh, it's so unrealistic. I'm like, yeah, that's part of the fun. And it is. <laughs> it is so fun. I do think that like the gay clown reveal has really stuck with me because now from rewatching, I felt like that was earlier in the episode. That's the <laughs> yeah. Well, when I I remember when I asked you if you want to be in this on these episodes, you were like, "That's the ones with the evil gay clown." Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, clearly, it made an impact. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I mean. You know the like there are two wolves inside you meme, <laughs> but it's like you have there is a, there are two evil clowns inside you. <laughs> There's just some weird things going on in in the depths of Kaiba's soul, and that's There's that's so all we need to know stuff. about that. <laughs> and that's what makes him good, actually. Oh, the sassy 1920s computer dub choice also impeccable. <laughs> so many good choices, actually. The dub really. It's Is it silly at points? Yes. But honestly, it just brings so much good flavor half the time. And I will say, yeah. honestly, I feel like my memory of it was that it's like it could be occasionally like disrespectful or like weird from source material. And it definitely deviates. But I think sometimes I have to give them more credit. I think sometimes they actually do try to like make it cohesive or work. 
Mm. It's just they really have to stretch it sometimes. But like I like I said, I don't hate the idea of like it being Kaiba's wickedness that can no longer control the blue eyes and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't work with the visuals. Like it's almost like if they yeah. had a little more power to like also change the visuals that well, it would have been fine. But nah, they don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean it doesn't work with the visuals, but like the visuals in the original don't make a ton of sense either nah. because I just don't understand why the animation company, why did they decide that he was going to look like that? Because like you could have had a skinny guy with the same build as Kaiba pull off a mask and be like, I'm the evil impersonator. And that would have totally tracked. <laughs> but instead, he's like a giant clown who explodes. <laughs> I guess they really wanted to, to make like the complete opposite of Kaiba. Mm. But it doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that just gives us more questions. And I do think that the, I do think that the dub decision, it makes more sense looking at dual monsters as a contained anime because the reveal mm. that oh this is the part that was crushed in episode one it tries to tie back to the beginning of the story right so i can i can respect that <laughs> yeah it's pretty reasonable um okay so uh let's talk about what happens in the manga because this is a case where we have a pr- very different story in the manga and i think it's interesting oh i'm very intrigued so this is chapter, it starts in chapter 15 of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist. So um, at the beginning of the duel, Kimo is like, over there, that's your true opponent. And they see somebody who is basically dressed up like a evil wizard. Um, it's like a skinny dude with a wizard hat and a mask over his face. And he is like an evil ventriloquist who has like a little evil ventriloquist doll that's been made to look like Kaiba in his Death Tea outfit. Fuck yeah. (laughs) He mimics Kaiba's voice and is like, Yugi, you'll pay for what you did to me. I'll get my revenge. And the reason I'm doing that weird voice is because they put like a spooky font on the text bubbles in the manga. So I imagine that he's supposed to be speaking in like a spooky voice. Interesting. Yugi is like, how dare you disrespect Kaiba, who's such a great and amazing duelist that I respect so much. Which like, again, like he tried to murder you. Uh, I love it, though. (laughs) And we also get an interesting like plot point here where Mokuba is looking at Kimo or his Japanese name is Saruwatari. And he's like, I recognize you. You're Saruwatari. You worked as my bodyguard at Kaiba Corp. And Saruwatari's like, yes, I was sent as a spy for my Pegasus to infiltrate Kaiba's corporation and to like be a corporate spy. Okay, Which I, okay. I don't know that that necessarily adds anything like or is important at any point, but it's kind of fun. It's interesting. I guess it would also make sense for how he was so good at mimicking him. I don't hate that. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, that's that's Saruwatari Kimo, not the ventriloquist man. Oh, okay. Well, that's still cool. Mm-hmm. The duel, it kind of goes, you get Blue Eyes White Dragon. I'm not going to tell you, like, I don't think I need to go over, like, the card plays that happen in the manga duel, because that's, like, not very interesting. We do get confirmation that, apparently, Saruwatari stole Kaiba's deck. So I guess that's why he needed to, like, be working at Kaiba Corp, is so he could steal Kaiba's deck. Mm-hmm. Remember, Kaiba is still in a coma at this point. And so we don't have Kaiba, you know, Kaiba's hacking adventure. None of that happens. (laughs) It's just this duel with, you know, the ventriloquist of the dead. Um, Also, there's a panel that made me laugh where Yami is like, Kaiba, will you always be my arch rival? And I was like, yes, he will. (laughs) (laughs) 
and more arch rival and more question mark exactly they're they're arch rival parentheses romantic (laughs) (laughs) all arch rivalries are and any good media understands this that is true that is so true they don't even actually have to hook up it's all about the implication it's about the tension yeah, so um, Mokuba is crying. He's like, I know my big brother isn't dead. Yugi, I believed you when you told me that my big brother would come back one day. And then that kind of spurs Yami Yugi to be like, you're right. I have to just have to believe in Kaiba. He manages to take out one of the blue eyes white dragons. But then the second one, however, will he win? Well, the blue eyes white dragon suddenly disappears. It vanishes into nothingness. And Yami Yugi thinks to himself, Kaiba. And then we cut to Kaiba Manor, where we get like a full splash page of Kaiba who has awoken from his magically induced coma and stands up and just thinks, Yugi, which I was like, that's your first thought once you get out of the coma. (laughs) Yeah. Which is good. So with him having come out of the coma, I guess that must mean... That that's why the blue eyes disappears, and Yami thinks to himself, I know that your will to live dwells in that card. And it's interesting. So this is it's a parallel to like the very first Kaiba duel in the manga and season zero, where Grandpa's Blue Eyes White Dragon card refuses to like attack on Kaiba's behalf because he's not the true owner. Mm-hmm. So Kaiba has learned enough part of the cards that he has formed this connection to these blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Yami wins in the same way with Mystical Elf, etc. Instead of Mind Crush, we get a season zero or early manga style penalty game where nice. um, Yami Yugi forces uh, the illusionist to like look at his own puppets and like he sees an illusion of like the puppet coming to life and attacking him. And we see that basically he has trapped him in that illusion and he kind of walks away. Oh, cool. Similar to like many other like moments in season zero where Yami like puts somebody in some kind of hellish dark illusion. Well, as usual for the manga, I think I actually like the manga the best because it seems Mm. to combine a lot of stuff that I like Mm -hmm. and is a bit more realistic. And like, I think it's like, it's more on brand to have it be like, they're still trying to like piss Yami off and get him like unstable in terms of like making mistakes because like, it's just so audacious and nasty but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have all the weird exp- like it doesn't have like an imposter that can literally change appearance as well versus it's your dark energy that i clownified yeah i do think that i do think that the inclusion of the ventriloquist character is a bit baffling even in the manga because i don't entirely buy that yami would be so shaken by his performance mm. Like I think the first time he appears is this very strange moment of everyone looking towards the like the box where they do and, and they're like oh, it's Kaiba and then it's like no it's a guy with a small Kaiba on his lap and you can't you can't mix them up <laughs> yeah it's weird it's like you wouldn't think that I did skip uh, that. So that but overall I do think that I, I'm sure you've talked about this before that because dual monsters lacks so much backstory that it has to play catch up to it also becomes a bit lackluster in the like emotional tension like reward department because in the manga and especially when you talk about kind of like the slow pacing of these episodes you don't have that in the manga because you don't know that kaiba is where he is that he's gonna wake up Mm -hmm. so the stakes feel a bit more everything has a bit more weight i think yeah instead we get 
hacking montage. Which is like, it's fun, <laughs> but it doesn't have the same like emotional impact. Although it does, I mean, I think it was a good choice to give us Kaiba's stuff in this to establish some more of like Kaiba's character and stuff because mm-hmm. then you feel a little bit more of like the attachment to him or to like his relationship with Mokuba and stuff like that. Like I think they do okay at getting that across. Yeah. Oh, and then in also the chapter in the manga ends with Kaiba waking up, he's walking out and he's like he's yelling at a bunch of his bodyguards and he's like, You fools, Mokuba was kidnapped while you were supposed to be guarding him. I need to leave. And they're like, you're still not well enough. You just woke up for your coma. And he's like, prepare the helicopter. <laughs> and dramatically put on his his coat, his, out, his look from this arc. And is yeah. walking out with his briefcase. And he's like, I'm going to fly to Pegasus's island. And I'm going to rescue my little brother. And that's where we end. Like, that's the cliffhanger of like, he's on his way. The d- manga definitely also makes Kaiba seem better just because, like, unlike this, where he's like, I'm just gonna leave the company to you, Mokuba, for a bit. I gotta go soul search. <laughs> I like, and I feel like they could have done that in the anime where it's like he was like kind of catatonic, maybe not in a straight up coma, but he was just so out of it. And like Mokuba's kidnap or like whatever, even them attempting to kill him kind of like triggered his, like, he had to kind of wake up. But instead, they, like, they had him so conscious, it kind of makes him look like a douche. So you're right. I didn't really think about that, but it is a bit like, oh, you're just going to leave? And especially when Mokuba's was like, big brother, please don't go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, because in the manga, in the manga, everything has gone to hell because of what Yugi did. It's the whole putting Kaiba into a coma that has caused all these problems for the Kaiba brothers to begin with. Yeah. Which also makes that, you know, the moment where Mokuba is kind of, okay, maybe we can, maybe I do trust Yugi to help me. It makes it a bit more effective as well. Uh, also, like, I mean, they could have just done the coma stuff in the anime. Like, I, they, like, even without having all of the backstory with Death Tea and stuff, like, there is a significant gap of time. I think it's a month between that first episode and the second episode. They specifically say it's been like a month uh, until Duelist Kingdom. So they could have been like, he's been in a coma for a month, but they decided not to. They did so instead of we got Kaiba James Bond action hero hacker adventure, which I mean, it's fun, but yeah. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> As usual, the manga, perhaps the most sensible version, but the anime, a lot of fun in its ridiculous choices. Ah, uh, yeah. That's kind of where we end it. And um, next time, we're going to see a return of two other duelist characters. Uh, we're going to see Mai again and a Rex Raptor dinosaur boy whom we have met, you know, on the ship, but we have not seen him like fully duel. So that is coming. Very exciting. Yeah, more Joey time, which I'm excited for. But thank you, Kree, for joining us on this magical Kaiba adventure. So many shenanigans. <laughs> so much fun. I'm so glad to be back. It's fun. Yeah, uh-huh. it was fun. Um, We should make a tradition where you come on all the most insane Kaiba-related episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, anything you like. I'm not even, I'm not even, like, the biggest Kaiba stan I know, so... <laughs> well, no, because you know me, so... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you like him, though, right? Like, I like him. You're a fan? He's not my, like... Who is your, like, number one favorite Yu-Gi-Oh character? I'm curious. I don't think I know. That's actually very funny, because I think when I was a, a child, when I first experienced Yu-Gi-Oh, I would have said Yami or Bakura. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I still like them as characters, but as an adult, when I reread the manga in my mid-twenties, I was like, I love Yugi so much. I love Yugi. Yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, I've really come to appreciate that a bit more understated, like just the the genuine kindness. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Totally, yeah. 
he's a good egg. <laughs> that's that's very legit. Yeah, I think Kid Me was also quite into Yami and ba- and Bakura, like you said. Expect except I think I was I was um very into Yami Bakura for reasons that I'm not totally sure of, other than like I was twelve and edgy. <laughs> you know, he's feeling this because now. Now on rereads, I don't really feel a whole lot for Yami Bakura. Like I enjoy him, but he's not. Like, yeah, my like favorite. I think when you were a kid, he was very engaging, especially like as someone coming in and knowing about oh, all the four kids the censorship. I mean, I remember that gif of him eating eating a steak or like licking a bloody yes, eye, coming up everywhere. <laughs> and I think that as a as a kid, that's a bit more like woo, um, engaging and mysterious. But as an adult. I'm really taken with Yugi as a character. And I also think I appreciate Yonochi in a way I did not when I was 13. Oh, yeah, definitely. Joey's my favorite character. He was, when I first watched Yu-Gi-Oh, I think I was like, I'm always, actually, literally every time I watch something, the first time I watch it, I'm like, the main character is my favorite. Second time I watch it, I hyper-focus on an incredibly minor female character. (laughs) Then third time, I usually settle for like a kind of main character that I'm like, just kidding, they're my favorite. Actually, the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I've done that pretty much every media I've rewatched. Amazing. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Um, I had something I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, that I, Yami Bakura was cool because he was, like, dark and he was connected to all of this, like, dark lore and stuff. And also the same kind of goes for Yami Yugi. I think when you're a kid, you tend to get attached for characters because of, like, style. Like, you think they're cool and badass and they just do cool stuff and you like that part. And then later on, you kind of grow to appreciate, like, character development more. For example, for Kaiba, I always liked him as a kid because he, he is cool. He is <laughs> he has very that, like, cool. cool aesthetic. He can be such a dick, you know? But then also, like, I think that the process of growing up is also realizing that actually Seto Kaiba is a huge nerd. <laughs> in many ways, which is very funny. But so, like, when, and then when I get older and reread, I started to appreciate him more on a terms of, like, a character development perspective rather than just, like, he's cool and I love Blue Eyes White Dragon, cool, like, dragon. And I also, I still love Yami Yugi, but, like, I now I appreciate him more on a level of, like, the character development stuff and, like, interesting stuff about his character. But, yeah. Also, I just wanted to say, because I have to get in the, like, shipping shout-out, that, yes, maybe I like this episodes in this duel because of all the, like, shipping fuel between Yami and Kaiba, but that's, you know what, is valid. I mean, yet again, even if you're not looking on with shipping goggles, like, the, their connection is a very important aspect of the episode, mm-hmm. undeniably. Like, they, I feel like they could almost play it up more they could make it a bit more overt even. I had a part in my notes that I was funnier in my notes than in the in this recording session where uh, where like fake Kaiba goes, let's go to hell together. I wrote in my notes, let's go to hell together like gay people would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they're gonna go to gay super hell or whatever it is. <laughs> Supernatural style, I love it. That's what the Shadow Realm is. The Shadow Realm is gay super, super hell. <laughs> Not that bad, then. We solved it. Everything makes so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that about covers it. Yeah, uh-huh. And also, I, I, because I did want to say another thing, is that I like having more Mokuba stuff, and it is good that we're exploring him in Dual Monsters now, which I didn't talk about much because we've talked about him in the manga in Season Zero a lot already, but, like, now we've met Mokuba. That's another character who I didn't think about when I was a kid, and then really grew on me over time. Like, I really like Mokuba. Yeah, I just didn't even think about him, but he's so cute, I want to defend him. He's also, he's he's surprisingly new, more nuanced. Like, he, not a ton in this episode, but, like, he gets a lot of stuff. I also think he's one of the characters that gets a lot more to do in filler arcs. 
in a really interesting way. Like he he mm-hmm. makes some of the filler arcs like really good. Like he's one of the few yeah. things. I'm mostly thinking of one, the stupidest filler arc of all time, but still. <laughs> there could be so many of them. <laughs> They're all so stupid. But that's not for a while. For now, it's time to continue Duelist Kingdom and the gang continues their trek on to hopefully eventually fight Pegasus. All right, so I think that about wraps it up. We can say goodbye to Cree. Thank you for coming on as our guest. Thank you so much. It's been a very welcome break in my, you know, Christmas doings. Yeah, hectic holiday planning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things have been hectic. I I think this episode will come out in like January, but if not February, but yeah. Bye, everybody. and We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at Battle City Broad on Twitter without the S or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com.